It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, well, we can't both be the basket case. We're all pretty bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. Come on, Breakfast Club? It's one of the only movies Killer Frost and I actually agree on. Let me guess, she's into Bender? Totally, she loves him. Yeah, makes sense. I'd ship that. What's up, Primers, and welcome to this issue 131 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Captain Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. We are back from a little bit of a break, as it, we took a break. It's, for us, it's been almost three It's been three like three weeks, weeks yeah. Three weeks um, since we recorded. We still put some stuff out every week yep. to, to bring our listeners' material, but this is the first time we're back for uh, for anything official. As The Flash has returned, plus we got a new DC animated film in Reign of the Superman, which we're going to talk about this week as well. Uh, but I, I do have to say, if if it sounds the same as usual, that's a good thing, uh, because Rob and I are face-to-face yet again, but using Rob's brand new equipment. Yeah, we have all new gear, <laughs> new, new mics, new new mixing board. Um, so this, if you like the quality of this, uh, this is what you'll start hearing in Captain Crew instead of a, a massive echo chamber of yeah. six people yelling at one <laughs> microphone. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that show is going to actually kind of elevate this year. Like I'm trying to make a big, you know, push on that show. I think last year we only did, I think like eight episodes. Cause again, it's really hard to put six people in a room together to talk. Schedule wise. Yeah. It's, um, it's but I think to we're, we're going to gun to make sure we get full 12 this year. Um, like I said, then I wanted to have that start with all fresh gear, yeah. everybody having their own mics and really just elevate that show. Yeah. Um, you put the, you put the investment in too, which is, it's always a good thing, especially. It, you, it, yeah. It makes you want to get it done yep. this time. It's and like so, I, I, all this stuff came in. Now I can't wait to podcast. Like I want to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So this is kind of like a test run for that. This is. This yeah. is. So I apologize if there's any weird audio issues you might hear a little popping and clipping here and there um, as we're kind of fine-tuning this board because I this is the first time I've got to use this board at all. So I'm still getting used to it. So Yeah, but that's not a problem. Again, we'll use this. We'll, we'll use this as the guinea pig. Uh, even, you know, we have the listeners already. So one, this is a good test. And, and I'm going to mute you because I have that power now. <laughs> Wow, nice. All right. I just muted you. So it, it's, it's, just kidding. it's done. <laughs> it might come across on your microphone, though, because you're might. not far it, from me. All of a sudden, you're just You'll just hear me really, really faded in, the, down. in yeah. the background. That's a nice power to have, too, with that board. Because <laughs> I've done that before. You know, when, when people start over talking in Capping Chrome, just like click, 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 click. Yep. <laughs> so it's a good way to do it. Like, I don't, I don't, you're done. Your rant is over. Click, you're done. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a couple, so obviously that's a new thing and we encourage you as we will at the end of this podcast to check out Rob's other, uh, podcast, Caffeine Crew Pass, uh, Cast of Pods, 
which we'll be using all new equipment and the sound quality will be upped. And I can't wait because we host that with Next Level Podcast Network. So uh, looking forward to that. Plus, I'm usually part of it. Yeah. So it's yeah. always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rob and I have another thing we wanted to announce to you guys. We teased it a little bit on the Facebook page. And we're going to go into a little bit further details. We don't have all of them yet, but we have most of them. Yeah, we'll post the full teaser. Well, not the the we'll, we'll post the mock up. Um, yes, on Monday. Yes, um, when gonna... you hear this, probably you can just jump to the you know Facebook dot com uh, slash DC Primetime, and you'll be able to see it. Yes, so. but uh, you know what? This was something at kind of like a brainchild of yours. Uh, we both agreed on it. You sent a bunch of different designs over to me because you, you, because I didn't even tell you I was working on it. And no. I was like, Hey, take a look at this. And your, your reaction was, I love that. I love it. And you were the, you're the primary designer behind it. It's, it's got our, our logo on it, which we both kind of had a hand in. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. You had the original design and I, I kind of tweaked and yeah. brought but as far it, as this goes, you are the primary mind behind this and I'm totally fine with that because it looks it's part it, of my language. It looks, it looks fucking amazing. It's stunning. Yeah. I really love it. I love the arm design, and I love the the back design. And I guess we can probably just say what it is. Now. It's where you designed a DC Primetime uh, logoed hockey jersey. Yes, which we are actually going to be doing pre sales and uh, sales for within the next month or two. And one of the things I will say, if you listen to the show but you don't like to wear branded stuff, are Podcast name and podcast network is not listed on it. No. So if you have even a friend or family member or somebody that really loves DC stuff, this is a great thing for just them as well without them having to, even if you're not, if they're not supporters of the podcast. And if, that's the one thing I want to be careful about that didn't say DC primetime all over it. It doesn't like say that. Apple podcast network on it anyway. Right. And it's, it's not logoed. The only logo on it is our podcast logo, but that logo has no text on it. No, no, it's, 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 pure, it's, it's an Arrowverse. It's, it's an, an Arrowverse logo. Right. It's our. It's the ultimate crossover logo. So if you've seen that from us, which is the one with the clock that's got the the crossed arrows, the you know flash symbol inside the the, the Superman Super shield, yeah. uh, or the Supergirl shield, um, and then it's got you know the lightning and all in there, um, surrounded by that vortex swirl, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, there's another design that we were working on that I originally wanted to just do for kind of like a small logo on a chest or something that we can embroider on a, a shirt. Which is just a small little um, black logo piece that actually also has all of the DC shows from CW minus Black Lightning because mm-hmm. we're talking purely Arrowverse. Uh, that also includes Batwoman. Uh, Batwoman. It's yes. it's kind of a tease of probably our merch that'll happen once Batwoman comes out, and we already are going to be taking that crossover logo and adding one of the old original pieces when we were talking Gotham that you have, and we're just going to refine that one mm-hmm. uh, to match. So we'll add that down the road, but. Uh, but that's a really little cool detail in the arm that's got – basically, it's an arrow um, that's made up of all of their logos. And Which I just like the arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's the arrowhead all the way down through the entire shaft of the arrow that makes up. Then it's a, what it's like a timepiece for the Time Bureau. Then yep. we also have like a piece of the arrow shaft. And then the final tail feather of the arrow is it's that Batwoman one, logo. That yeah. one symbol. And it looks really cool. But what I really was excited about was when we were like, well, people can put their names on it. I'm like, no. This is the part that I'm the most excited about, too. This is probably my favorite part of these hockey jerseys. So what I chose to do, and I'm a big fan of the old DC Comics logo, the old Bullet logo, the one that's that black circle with the three white stars. Which we used to use in right. the DC Primetime logo, which we've since replaced with the, the squirrel logo. underneath yeah. the DC point. So what we're doing is uh, when you purchase the jersey, 
uh, we are going to basically be offering specific names you can use, or not names specifically, but numbers you can use, because yes. all of them will say on the back across where your normal, the lettering would be, is just going to say Earth. And then it'll have the big DC Bullet logo on the back of the jersey, and you get to choose your Earth. So we thought that was the coolest way to do this. So you'll have the options of choosing Earths 1 through 52, um, in addition to Earth 90, Earth Prime, and Earth X. Earth Prime will just say Prime in it. The, the lettering will be much smaller, so I would highly recommend against that if you do choose to pre-order. But I will say all the other ones look fantastic. Um, and they're also that little earth number. Uh, it's also going to be on the arm sleeve as well. Yeah. Just so you know, too, for hockey jerseys, these are not patch style stuff. This is printed. It's printed, on, yeah. It's printed on the jersey, but it's a really heavy duty jerseys. Um, they're laced collars. So they, they look really, really sharp, really, really nice. So when you get to see it, we'll post shots of the mock-ups of the side of the arm, the back and, um, the front. So Ben and I are actually going, we're waiting for some samples to come in from the company. They're based out of Canada. So perfect place to get hockey yep. jerseys from. Oh, I have, um, I have to say too, like that. And that's the thing about these hockey jerseys is I know other podcasts and other different entities put out like t-shirts and they usually sell them through cafe press and things like that. Teespring. And, and that's fine, but the quality isn't always perfect. The quality is kind of questionable. We're going the 100% legit route with this. We're going through a company that does hockey jerseys. It's not something the pre-orders will go through us. You're not going through this company for this. You're going through us right. for these. We're ordering samples to make sure the quality is what we want. We're order, We're going to be purchasing jerseys for ourselves before we let anybody else purchase them. That way you can see shots of them on us. You, We can make sure the quality is good if there's tweaks that need to be made. And the thing is, too, once we submit, we actually talk to the designers over there to make sure everything's going to look right. There's not going to be any issues. There's no resolution problems. Colors are going to match up the way that we need them to. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be very, very careful and very cautious because one of the big things, too, hockey jerseys aren't cheap. No. Um, and that's that's the big thing. But you know what, though? As a, as a hockey fan and somebody who has multiple hockey jerseys in my closet right now, when you compare prices to, like, any team in the NHL, when you buy a hockey, a hockey jersey through them, or even – and I've even looked into Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith made hockey jerseys popular – Hockey jerseys through him, if you were to purchase one of his, you're paying over $100 for any of his jerseys. If you buy anything for the NHL, you're paying upwards to $150, $175. We're maybe half that. Yeah, right around. The jerseys, and like I said, we can't give you any promises yet on full pricing details. Because I will say this, based on the way that this company works, that's why we're doing pre-orders. Um, the more people that order, the lower the cost of your jersey will be. Yes. I can tell you that now. Uh, if we put a run in for ten, um, there I think they run at sixty dollars a piece, uh, and Ben and I are going to cover the shipping for you guys. So uh, yep. we will we will ship out. So we'll find out. But like I said, if it's not, I think the the max price that they can go out to if we I think just it was order, like eighty, it's eighty six dollars if we're only ordering one. Yeah. Um, and the way we're going to avoid that is we're going to offer this consistently. So if we get enough requests. Um, what we'll do is we'll we'll run batches. So when somebody says, hey, I really want to get a jersey, I'm like, okay, what we'll do is we'll open up another section of pre-orders. But probably what we'll, my guess is we'll probably do this quarterly. Yeah. Um, where we'll say, okay, the end of the first quarter, say like the end of March will probably be the first run that we're going to hopefully do. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll probably do about a one-month runtime on pre-orders to give people an opportunity where you put a deposit down. And then right before the order's placed, uh, we'll send out invoices to have them paid in full. And then... We'll have them run, but I think it's a three-week run time to have them printed because, again, there's a lot that goes into printing these. Yes. It's Th not these simple. Are, 
again, these aren't a simple cafe press. Upload your design and they and, print it yourselves. This is right. It's I think it's a three week lead time once everything's submitted. Um, and then the nice thing is for us though too, all you have to do is pretty much tell us the earth you want. Um, and, and your size and your sizing. And yes. what we're going to do too is we ordered largest and extra largest to come in for us to see sizing so we can give everybody a better idea because Ben and I both usually wear a large. Um, and then, you know, we can kind of see how that fits based on normal U.S. sizing. Mm-hmm. And we can let you guys know what we think small, medium, large is going to come to because the sizing on their website's a little tricky to understand. Um, but like I said, I'll, I'll have a pretty good idea for it. But I think. This is going to be huge. But the other cool thing we're going to do, too. Are we going to talk about this? Let's do it. Okay. All right. So the jersey that you guys are going to see on Monday, we won't release any shots of this one until we're ready to rock. But the normal jerseys are black, blue, and white to match our logo. What we're also going to do, too, is we're going to do a special limited edition run. It's only going to be run one time. Yep. Um, and it is a variant of it, and we're calling it the Crisis Variant. Yes. Uh, and it's going to be a red jersey, and if you know our ultimate logo, um, it's got blue lightning on the inside. This will have red lightning to match for the idea of Crisis. Um, again, this design is only going to get a single run. There's not going to be any other additional runs and, for this whatsoever. And because this is a limited edition, it's not going to be... This is going to be one of those things where it's the the cost is going to be slightly increased. It's going to be higher. It will be it, a higher cost because of it. But we promise you, when you see the the design, because you showed me the mock up for this too, it looks even more amazing. And it's one of those ones where, you know, right now you have your option of, as Robin mentioned, with the the blue normal run one fifty two Earth X Earth ninety Earth Prime. Uh, with the Crisis Edition, you have that same option, except once an Earth is taken, you cannot get that Earth. Right. So this is literally a going to be a limited edition one you buy in fifty four, and then your number is uh, retired. retired. Yeah, your number so will be retired. In these limited edition, this is a one in fifty five run. Yeah, the only other people that may also have your number is Ben and I, because. Well, and we talked about sending one to... We have a special one that we'll be getting sent to yes. a friend of ours. Yes. Um, so, uh, we'll, well, no, no. I'm not even talking about that one. We're going to... Like I mentioned, there's a certain... Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, because you... Had me- okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> we're like on the same page. Yes. Yes. So, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing that. Like I said, th- that design may, may be reprinted, but the jersey will not be the same. So, when Crisis on Infinite Earths happens next year, we'll probably do a Crisis run, but it will not be the same jersey. Yeah. So, uh, colorations and, will be different, all those things. Yeah. So, if, if once we release the design for that, if you really like it, you will need to jump on it quickly. Yes. Especially if you want the Earth. Because I know... We've Earth talked, 1, Earth X, or 38. We've talked about the Earths that we already want. Um, and I know, like, I'm, I want Earth 3, mainly because that's where Jake Garrick comes from, and that's, he's one of my favorite again, there's, of the Flash. There's a, my part, oh, there's that little piece I was teasing you with, is like, you know, I kind of want Earth 12, because that's where, um, you know, um, Wolfgang uh, Wells is. Yeah. The, <laughs> yes. the, the German Harrison Wells. Yes. So, um, um, you know, it, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Yes. And, yeah. um, and they look stunning, too. I can't wait for you guys to all see them, uh, and I can't wait to see them in person, so we're going to hopefully have them in our hands I'm really hoping by the end of February so we can show you real shots. And, and then hopefully can, by we March we up, can start doing we can the, the pre-orders. pre-orders. So yep. we'll, we'll keep you guys up to date um, as things happen with the jerseys. But, yeah, they look great. Um, like I said, it'll be the normal blue run, which we'll, we'll offer pre-orders for quarterly. And then the crisis variant will also be out there probably when we open the pre-orders for for this one as well. Yeah. Um, the only thing we may do is do a quick sample run of the red as well just to make sure the lightning 
matches the jersey color mm -hmm. because well, I may have to do some tweaks on that. That's the only thing because it's the first time I've played with that we're, color. We're putting not only a lot of time, but we're putting some money investment into this too because as you mentioned, jerseys are not cheap. Right. Um, and, you know, if we, we're going to be ordering them for ourselves, one, because we want them, mm -hmm. and two, because we want to make sure they're going to look good for all of you that are going to be ordering. Right. But I know I'm going to be putting some money behind it because I there's definitely some people I want to present them to because if we get them to take a picture wearing it, it's free advertising. Yeah. It's <laughs> worth the money. So, I mean, I know John Wesley Ship is already going to get one from us. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to present one possibly to Stephen Amell next time I see him. And, you know, who knows who else will present it. Do a green one for Steven. <laughs> well, that would actually be kind of cool. I can do it. A limited green one just for Steven. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. But, yeah, no. So, um, like I said, a lot of fun things here. Uh, so, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how these are going to turn out. But, um, like I said, if the mock-ups are positive of how they're going to look. And I've seen some of the jerseys they've actually printed for people. And they look stunning. Well, so. I've looked at the website. These are guys that do... Jerseys for professional sports teams. Yeah, so they do. I have no doubt in the quality that they're going to present. Yeah. So I'm really excited to show you guys again. Like I said, we'll have more details for you guys soon. Um, just hang tight. Um, and then again, just go over to the Facebook page, drool over the photos. Yeah. Um, and then, cause we're drooling over it too. Do us a favor too. If you like it, make sure to send us a message on Facebook so we can put your name in a list so we can say, okay, pre-orders up. Hey, you know, our good friend Jackson or things like that. If they're, they're looking to get jerseys. If you do that, we can start a pre-order list of people who will contact and say, hey, the pre-orders are live, so on and so forth. So send us a message directly on Facebook. Like I said, there's easy ways to do that. Ben and I can make sure we'll keep tabs of that stuff. So when things do open up, we'll get ready to rock and make sure everybody knows. Uh, and then again, we'll give you full details on the pre-order stuff as we know it. But we're pretty sure it's going to be like probably a $20, I think, pre-order fee. I think so, yeah. It's going to be non-refundable. So if you back out because that impacts the price of everybody else's jerseys. So if you're like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and then don't, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so Because it does and, impact everybody else's And I know before we – because so. we got to move on and, and start yeah. talking about Reign of Superman and, and, um, and The Flash. But I know um, we, we did a, you did a small focus group with a couple listeners. And across the board, they were all excited about it so yeah uh i'm looking forward to this yeah all right keep out keep an eye out for more details on that soon okay cool uh flash or reign of superman which one do you want to do first uh, let's do flash let's just because uh, it's gonna be, i think both of these are gonna be i think they're gonna be pretty short, quick shorter yeah. shorter topics which is fine because we got two weeks of news to talk about yeah that's true uh all right so starting with the flash uh we have season five episode 10 which was the return of the flash for this season after the mid-season finale first episode of the new year uh, going with our one of three point ranking, sidekick, hero, or legend. Rob, what do you give this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it a hero. Hi, hero. Um, but I think, for the most part, um, pretty run-of-the-mill episode. It's really funny, too, because uh, one of the things we did find out after that episode aired, the reason that Barry was in the pipeline is because that was filmed while he was filming the Gotham stuff uh, in the crossover. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, that so, makes a little sense So now. when they were in the middle of crossover shooting... When there was the sequences of him and Mel doing the pipeline sequences early on in the crossover, he just suited up as the Flash, and they did his st stuff there and did his recordings, and then he went over to do the rest of the crossover stuff while the Flash filmed. Because this really is a Flashlight episode. Very, yeah, very light. He's, he's really not in it that yeah, much. He's got so a handful of scenes made. This must have been their way of filming. When they were filming all the Gotham stuff, that's exactly what Flash it was. continued with production on the show. Right, because yeah. they did shoot in Chicago for the, uh, the for, Batwoman stuff. Yes. Which is the same city they used for... Um, I wonder if Batwoman's going to continue to shoot in Chicago. Probably not. I think they probably did it for that. Or maybe that they're doing aerial shots and things like that. Maybe. Going yeah. from there. But yeah. So that was the reason we got very flashlight. Okay. 
Uh, but no, I'm a, I'm a mid-hero uh, as well. I think it, it, for a mid-season return, it could have been a little stronger, but I'm not complaining at all. I still enjoyed the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, episode five or season five, episode ten, The Flash and the Furious, which was always a clever name. And I love when they do stuff like that. While Nora grapples with the revelation that Thawne killed her grandmother, Team Flash must stop the formidable team-up of a newly sprung from jail Weather Witch and Silver Ghost, a new Meditech villain who can control engines and motorize technology. Meanwhile, Caitlin and Cisco discuss creating a metahuman, uh, metahuman cure. So, uh, heroes from both of us, the, I think it's pretty much determined now, because I know I was so questionable about it, whether or not this was Ebarthon from the future, was if this was reversed. Oh, yeah, no question. But I have to say, first and foremost, Kavanaugh was my favorite part of this episode. Yeah. I love seeing him as Ebart. He's, it's probably, with the exception of HR from last season, it's, I love Reverse Flash. Like, it's, and see- it's, it's weird seeing him with the blonde hair, too. Cause I love how they're kind of transitioning his version of the character and Matt Lester's version of the character. Kind of bringing them together and a little bit. Yeah. Meshing them together. And yeah. I do hope we can see Matt again soon. Cause I, I, too. I, I really do thoroughly enjoy him. Yeah. But I think we're going to get only the Kavanaugh version this year. Uh, it would be yeah. It would be nice if we do get Matt Lesher to come back at any point because we've gotten a return from almost every character in this show, right. with the exception of. I would well, be surprised. It could also be scheduling conflicts, things like that, for the reasons why they did what they're doing. Yeah, so. I mean, because we even saw Teddy Sears come back during yeah, yeah. you know during the during not the crossover, but the Flash One Hundred. Uh, would have been nice to see Matt as well, but you know we we didn't get that. It's fine. But my question to you is: Are we seeing a different Thawne, or is this still an evil Thawne? Um, well, what are well, your opinions on it? Right now, I'm pretty sure he is. This is a later, later version. Remorseful, uh, potentially, uh, and especially it seems like he is really locked up in Iron Heights, and it really looks like that ticking clock. He's on death row. Like, yeah, I was gonna say he's on death row, where his his death is about an hour away. I think yeah. it's like 55 minutes, but the clock was saying so, and I think it's him trying to maybe atone a little bit. Um, but at the same time, though, too, I wouldn't be surprised if once he gets out. It was back to the classic good old reverse flash. Uh, because you know what? I kind of want him to stay a villain. I, you know, like I said, it's fine to give another layer to his character. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that whatsoever, but he's such a great villain. Yeah. Um, and we've already seen him remorseful for certain things because the way that he has connections to people like Caitlin and Cisco and all those things, you do believe it because it's true. Well, and he does kind of bring that up in this episode too, where he said, you know, where he goes into that whole diatribe to, you know, to, um, uh, to, to Nora about how he wanted to be the Flash and he wanted to learn from the Flash and everything and it wasn't until he realized he never could be that he kind of went mad about it. Right, and it's the classic reverse Flash story that we've never heard brought up yet on this show. Yeah. So it's really nice to see them bring that little final piece into his backstory. Yeah. Which is cool and we know we're going to get a lot more about him as the season goes which is kind of nice because I really like the fact that while Cicada's kind of our big bad right now it still but, feels like Reverse Flash and could I thought, still be the big bad. And I season. thought about that too from this episode because we we talked about that before the mid season finale. In that, you know, we were wondering is Cicada the the big bad of the first half? Are we going to get a different big bad by the end? As we've gotten in other seasons before, and that crossed my mind last night too. Is what if Reverse Flash is once again the big bad of this season by the end of this season? Because it looks like he is the motivation as to why Nora learned how to time travel and went back to change things. So it seems like it's almost as if she's not there. She believes she's there because of Eobard to fix her father's fate. But in essence, it could be an escape plan for him. 
one of the other things I also kind of thought about too, is you were just saying that it kind of something else clicked in a theory in my head was because of that conversation in that jail cell real quick that we do see him saying, you know, I wanted to be the flash. What if he's the one that actually set up this new person to become cicada? What if he's the reason that he kind of pushed that in that direction? Because we do see a promo. I think it's either for this coming week or the week after where we do see Nora severely hurt. Looks like a broken neck, she's slightly paralyzed, and we see Barry kind of snap and kind of go into a dark territory. See, I haven't seen any promos and, for future. So. Um, you know, if that's the case, maybe this is Reverse Flash trying to make the Flash bad so he can be the hero in the future. That could be an interesting take on this, too. Well, that kind of goes into what I was saying, too, yeah. about how it, this whole thing of get, getting Nora, teaching Nora time travel and getting her to go back to the, go back to the past is more... It's it's more for his sake than hers. Right. He leads her to believe it's for her sake. In, in exactly, and it kind of ties into yours. So if if the yeah. classic Flash is not a hero and becomes a villain, he can become the he hero. He can become the hero. So he can become the Flash, as he had just mentioned. Right. To Nora and that he's he basically to. getting his wish fulfillment, but also saving himself from a fate of death in the future. Yeah. Uh, which because which could be a really awesome twist. I would love seeing them play with that idea. And I think so. it would be really good writing if it's done well. Yeah, I think I think they have an opportunity to do something big here. But I really am liking Nora and his back and forth. And I liked how that carried into this week where she finally found out about, you know, just the um, episode right before Crisis where we did see the two of them meet for the first time on screen, even though we didn't realize that they've already been kind of yeah. conversing. Um, so we did see all that kind of play out, but I, I did think it was interesting once she kind of confronted him about the death, death of Nora Allen, her, you know, her, her namesake, um, you know, it kind of carries over into the way that she treats Weatherwitch, where she's got like, villains can't change, villains can't change. And they bring up that idea throughout the episode. It's like, well, look at Leonard Snart. He was yeah. one of the biggest villains and died one of the biggest heroes Yeah, in this era, the Arrowverse that we know. One of the... I, with everybody, I think most people would say that with all these shows, probably the biggest casualty we've had. Um, Leonard Snart, yeah. yeah was the, was well, 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 over next, the course of the Arrowverse, yeah, I would say he's one of the biggest. One and, of the biggest. I mean, obviously, you know, Firestorm and all those people, definitely as well, uh, with um, Martin Stein. Yeah. But I would say he was definitely one of the, the top up there that it, it hit people the hardest. Yeah. So, one of two legends references we got in this episode by yes way. the other one was a little more tongue-in-cheek and more fun but i, the, I still loved the fact that uncaged desires by nick rory <laughs> was the, you're reading nick's book like yeah. i thought, I I thought this that was like this is actually really good yeah so <laughs> it's the second time we've seen that book make an appearance I, and I, you know what I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like another bebo and we do see it pop up in, I in certain hope. places and I, I want I want a mock up book of Uncaged Desires by Nick Rory. Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it somewhere in the Arrowverse. I just want to see an episode where you find out Uncaged Desire is like on the top of the best selling books. That would be really fun. <laughs> Should be a lot because nobody would know who the author is because he's literally not in this. Well, he's ghostwriting too, and I can't remember his his pen name. I can't remember. So I have to look that up. But obviously, Iris and those guys know yeah. that it's it's Nick's book. Yeah. So no, which I think it's super fun. Yeah. yeah, it's super cool. Uh, um, so I, th I think it's interesting with the clock of which we had mentioned. It's kind of obvious that Eobard is on death row. This is the time clock to uh, the time of his execution, and I they don't outwardly come out and say, but it's pretty clear. I think that's it's yeah. what it's implied. That's what it's supposed to be. But I think the way things are playing out with Eobard and in his time in the future, in that he has a conversation with Nora. Nora runs off. And while it could be days before Nora goes back to visit Eobard, I think it's only a matter of minutes to Eobard. Right. So the conversation is playing out in real time for him, but for her, it could be weeks 
that right, this whole exactly. hour lasts. But it's the big thing. She also knows she can't go back to a time where she's already there, all those yeah. little pieces. So their conversations have to be quick and to the point. Yeah. You know? so, so she literally has 51 minutes more of conversation with him before right. this place. It's 51 out. or 55. I can't quite remember. I think it was 51. I could be wrong. I it could be. It's yeah. in that 50 minute mark. That, that 50 minutes. They, they have less than an hour. Ta-da. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Weather Witch and uh, Silver Ghost. What did you think? Um, Weather Witch, when we got her the first time, uh, the introduction of the med attack with the, you know, with, with the weather staff and things like that, because I believe that was the first time we did get the introduction of the med attack. Uh, I, I liked the twist on it of, of bringing it kind oh, of... Oh, no, it was the cell phone. Was the cell phone the first time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I did, I did like that, uh, in, in seeing whether which return, I don't know if I buy an electronic starter of a car or a key fob with a piece of a satellite in it, starting all cars. Metasec. <laughs> so um, that's, that's the downside about it. It's a great idea, but at the same time it could be used poorly. But yeah. you know, again, these kind of felt like throwaway villains that could have more to them down the road though. Um, because I like the, the fact that they brought themselves up. It was like she was like, no, I, she really wants to start the young rogues. Was it? I think is a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, because by the end, they do both get away. So they are, in essence, the new Mick Rory and Leonard Snart they, of the series. They, they could be. They could be because yeah. again, they they get away. They get away scot free. Like she uses lightning and gets them out of the situation. But I did really like the fact that we basically got a ton of Wayne tech. We got we got the Flash's version of a Batmobile, kind of. Pretty much yeah. the only thing you know, aside from the very kitty friendly uh, emojis, emoji, to, <laughs> the emoji to do tablet, things, which was a little that I think that decreased the cool the cool <laughs> factor of that pretty exponentially. Yeah. Um, but I will say at the same time, though, um, the fact that we know that's Wayne Tech it makes us more excited because I think maybe that's some of the tech we're going to potentially see. In Batwoman, yeah, probably not with emojis, most likely. But I hope not. But if we do see a Batmobile in that show, we now know what it's capable of doing because of what we saw here, which is pretty neat. I, I love the fact that it was capable of doing those things because of the fact that it's Wayne Tech and the science that we know exists in this in this world. Everything that that car did is is plausible you, with the phasing through the ice uh, and and things like that. The only thing that I felt was a little unbelievable was the fact that. This woman who just stole, uh, you know, Silver Ghost knew how to use this car and all of its features. Well, that and um, remote detonating a bomb while somebody's in uh, slow and in, in, in pretty much be like, you know, speed force. I think that's Not just a matter force. of timing. Yeah, uh, I guess so. You know, it, and that's just that's true. Yeah, so it's, it's she not got a like, well, she was a fighter pilot too, so we did find that out. True. So, but I mean, this isn't a, this isn't a vehicle that's typically controlled like any other vehicle. No, no, it's no. controlled by emojis, and suddenly she knows how all these emojis work just by having st- stolen the car. Yeah, but so. still, at the same time, though, too, I think they did. A, it was it was a fun job of setting up some characters that could be really cool. I would really like to see Katie Sackoff come back yeah. next year. Yeah, or not next year, later, maybe this season to see you know Aminette Black join forces with the Young Rogues because that could be really cool. Now, do we? Uh, when it comes to the young rogues, do we um, do we think this is going to be an all female team? I think that would actually be kind of cool if that's I would what really, happens. I think it would be neat if we saw like some new characters come in the mix. I actually think I think it doesn't even need to be all female. Just bring in some new new villain types. Yeah, um, it gives it gives them a really good opportunity. I know we got a, a tease of a, a classic Green Lantern villains coming into the Flash in a couple episodes, which I know you'll talk about in the news right, right, a little right. Bit later. So, yeah. like I said, it sounds like we're going to get a big kind of breath of that but like i said talking about metas though let's get into the other like the really the last story before we touch on 
the little bit of stuff with Sherlock. Um, but like, the last big thing, obviously, is the Caitlyn and Cisco stuff to talk yeah. about. And it, to me, it kind of played, a, and I didn't mind this at all, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of X3, uh, X-Men Last Stand, which is the whole premise of that it was a mutant cure. Right. And something we've seen play out in both DC and um, Marvel in comic forms numerous times. But what I really enjoyed that it didn't take long for Cisco's moral compass to kick in with the help of Caitlin and Killer Frost in that Cisco realizes by the end of this, this isn't something you can force on people. This is a choice. They're not creating a cure. They're creating a choice. And, you know, I think if we... At the end of all this, we no longer have Vibe, but we still have Cisco. I think that's okay, because I don't think you need to have... And I think it's one of the biggest criticisms of the Arrowverse show. Is everybody was a hero. Is everybody becomes a hero. And I think, while well, it would be disappointing not to have, you know, Cisco as that... But they have, you know, the little teleporters that yeah. they've created. So there's ways for them to get places. We even see Cecile, DA Cecile Horton... Um, Talking about it to go see know, Joe in, I think, it, Argentina or something like no, that. No, it was uh, Tibet. Tibet, yeah. and then she ended up in, I think, Fiji. Yes, um, which isn't a bad detour no. at all. Yeah, so, but I, I think um, because they have a way to to do those things and breach, um, I think Cisco could just be just Cisco, and I think and, that's okay. And I okay. wouldn't be surprised if he was able to adapt that technology to something he could wear so that he could temporarily jump in as Vibe without having right. the ability to do those things. Exactly. And I think I think that's the case here. And you know what? I I think it's a big question of where we're going to see that go. But I think it's a really strong story for the two of them. Like I think one of the things, too, that's really nice, and it's fun to kind of go into this episode because one of the big criticisms I had was the back and forth with Killer Frost. Whoops, sorry, I just bought my mic. Uh, of Killer Frost and Caitlin, of them seeing so different. The fact that it's she can do it at will now, it makes you feel like everything that they did to lead up to this point is kind of like, hey, that's done, and this is just her now. Yeah. It no longer feels like two people as much as it used to. And I like the fact that they so. used the Breakfast Club to show that they can actually talk about things and, yeah yeah and and cisco and like it's better isn't it she's like yeah totally got better totally and got then better. you you bring a breakfast club and my brain goes to bumblebee immediately uh, <laughs> that's right which is just fantastic the fist in the air which is uh, i know that honest, comes back later apparently in the most movie. likely could it be my recommendation for this week because we were talking about it earlier this yeah. morning so so but yeah super cool um but I, I think they did a really good job here um i really like what they're doing with their story i was really a little worried in the beginning of the episode if that was going to play okay but it, actually i think it did i think yeah. they did a really good job well, because that. we do know in this world that there are people that because of the you know uh the dark matter explosion from uh oh god, god well Multiple things from, from there's many different ways. There are people who do have the unwanted Star Labs initial yeah. incident, the bus metas, all these things. There are know. people that do have unwanted meta abilities. Like now and they bring up control. Fallout. They're like they're like this is somebody that could have killed millions of people and he didn't want it. Like yeah. he was trying to keep himself contained. Yeah. Um and almost went boom and killed his family. So a meta so, so a choice to not be a metahuman anymore because of something that was against your will. I think it's a good thing to have, but I think also they do touch on the morality of it, and it uh, it does in fact have to be a choice. Yeah, and I think they did they played it well. I think the last thing again too, because um, I know we want to jump into Rain of Superman and then get to the news. Um, Sherlock continuing to look into the time language. Yeah, um, him trying to find more, even asking Barry about it at one point, kind of like, hey, when you came out of the the Speed Force from uh, the incident with the bus metas, um, you were spouting this language. Do you know anything about it? And you know, Barry doesn't give him much because um, he's, he's even still not sure at this point in time. But we know 
he's very much on to Nora that something is amiss, especially when he goes to talk to Gideon at the end of the episode. And finds out that when he, when trying to access files on Nora, Nora's the one that deleted him from Gideon's memory. Right. So, so. I'm curious to see how that's going to play off. So Nora's going to have a lot of time with Tom Cavanaugh on screen, I think, in the very coming future. Yeah. And so, I, I'm, I'm loving it because, yeah. again, Kavanaugh to me is one of the hearts of the show. So Sherlock is coming around. I'm actually really enjoying his character. Um, well, because it took he, me a little while, but he's I, I think interesting. They, I think they treated him with, and and this has always been the case with with uh, Wells, it, with the exception of season one, in that they kind of treat Wells almost like, and his relationship with Cisco more of the levity of the series. And I think this episode kind of took that down a peg. Yeah. He wasn't as much the levity, but he was, in fact, more of the story, more of the driver of the story. Absolutely. And when you put him in the driver's seat every once in a while, I do. It tends to bring me around on that character a little bit more. Yeah. I HR is still my favorite right now, version yeah. of Wells. Yeah, and he was one that I didn't even think I would like and ended up loving by yeah. the end. But I am coming around more and more on Sherlock every episode. Yeah, same, same. So. Um, okay. So, uh, so yeah, uh, well, before we do that, before we talk about Rain of Superman, we've got to talk about next week, which uh, episode 11, Seeing Red, during a battle with Cicada, Nora is severely injured, as you were just talking about. Due to Cicada's dampening powers, Nora's speed healing isn't working. Barry and Iris are scared for their daughter's future. An enraged Flash confronts Cicada in a brutal battle. Well, that ought to be good. So looking forward to that. Uh, and that is next week on The Flash, as well as Return of Supergirl and Arrow next mm-hmm. week as well. And that's going to be it. Yeah, because Legends isn't back till April. April. April 1st. April Fool's Day. Yeah. So which is kind of fantastic. So we're only, for the next couple weeks, uh, three shows instead of four. Yeah. Next couple months. Yeah. Three shows instead of four. So, but that's actually a little bit of a nice reprieve. Yeah, yeah. And, um... <sighs> Wow, and then comes spring. <laughs> I, I, I got to start watching Young Justice seasons I've one and watching. two to refresh my brain. But everybody's saying it's great. Young Justice season three is is pretty good. I mean, and I heard they brought in a couple characters, and yeah, they're very some, excited. There's some new characters. I that, heard there's three three characters specifically that came into play uh, in the last couple episodes. Yep. And there are three characters I really love and did not anticipate showing up on Young Justice. There are three characters that I didn't even really know about. So they're all new. Well, no, one of them I knew about. The other two I didn't. So, well, one, well two of them are very wee. So okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's season three is good so far, and they're releasing three episodes a week. Yeah, on uh, so it's going to wrap up. It'll it'll be wrapping up very soon. Well, no, there's 25 episodes. Oh, this season. okay. Yeah, okay. it's a full. Oh, cool. I think it's like 24, 25 episodes. That's fantastic. Season. So there's still a number of weeks left of this show because cool. we're only episode nine. Okay, so we're not even halfway through yet. Uh, but let's talk about the newest release in the Warner Brothers animated ser- animated film series that is uh, Reign of Superman, which was a DC Universe film as well and a sequel to Death of Superman, which came out uh, a couple months ago, 2018, mm-hmm. and this one just recently released. It was summer. Yeah. Uh, I, did re- I did rewatch Death of Superman before I went back and watched Reign of the Superman because I wanted to... Because I really enjoyed Death of Superman. So yeah, I think I wanted... they did a really great job. Uh, and while I did have some issues with Death of Superman and that it didn't follow the comics because they wanted to keep it in the current DC animated universe. Right. Uh, this one, oh, let's give it a rating first okay. before we go into yeah. it. Um, but this one, we'll do we'll do our film rating. So it's one through three is sidekick, four through seven is le- uh, hero, and then eight through ten is legend. Uh, what do you give this um, one? I'm actually going to go an eight. On this. Are you going legend with it? Uh, I will because I still think for a Raid of the Superman story, they did the best that they could in the DC universe that they have created in the 
uh, animated universe right now. Okay. That started at Justice League War. Because this kind of ties it back to the Apocalypse story and Darkseid coming into the you know, fray. Um, mm. It's an interesting way that they kind of melded some stories together. Replacing some characters and events that happen. And I think it worked really well here. Um, I was really excited. Now, as if just as an adaptation of Rain and Superman, I'd give it about a six. Um, because it's a very extremely loose adaptation. So if, if you're looking, if the you're, comic if version, you're looking yeah. for an adaptation of the comic book, this is not it. If you are looking for a Rain of Superman story that works in the DC animated universe canon, this is easily an eight. Mm. Uh, I think it could even, I would even say maybe even an eight, five. I gave Death of Superman, I think at nine or nine, five or a 10, because I think they did a phenomenal job. I think job. I rated it pretty high too. Yeah, I think I, I gave it like an eight or eight, four, eight point five. I think they did a phenomenal job on that. And this one, like I said, it was good. It was just, um, it's not quite what I wanted, but I will say they did a phenomenal job on the Eradicator. They did a great job on Hank Henshaw, Man of Steel, Steel yeah. and Connor. They did, they did an awesome job. And again, I really will say the one person that, the two people that really stood out to me, especially were Cress Williams as John Henry Irons, which it was great to have him. Which, do is, that. which is weird because he's Black Lightning on the television show, and but, now he's, John but he's Henry. not Black Lightning in the, in the cartoon series. He's John Henry. Yeah. Um, but, Cameron Monaghan uh, from Shameless and um, uh, Gotham did a great job as Connor Kent. I really liked him. I really thought he did a great job. And he, he kind of toned his voice down a little bit where he sounded a little bit younger. Uh, but he was really fun. He was a lot of fun levity to it. But, like, he brought a really fun version of Connor Kent to life for the first time on the small screen. Yeah. And I really kind of hope that we get to see another Teen Titans animated uh, section because they do bring up the Titans lately. In this, they, I think they mentioned once or twice, but I really want to see him you know, interact with the version of the Teen Titans well, we've no, seen so far. In rewatching Death of Superman, Titans is actually mentioned in the first one too. In yep. that, in the very beginning of the movie, when Superman puts Flash in charge of cleaning up uh, after the whole battle in the opening, there, he Flash has that very quick line of, "I wonder if there's an opening in the Titans." Is there an age requirement? And then that was kind of where the scene ends. Right. Um, my ranking for the movie, I give it about a seven. So it's a high hero for me. I didn't treat this because, again, I mentioned my biggest, uh, not complaint, but criticism was that Death of Superman wasn't a direct adaptation of the comic book, which I love and adore to this day, is Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, and Reign of the Superman. And they kind of skipped over the Funeral for a Friend. They did a little bit of it. Um, I would have loved to have seen a third movie that was Funeral for a Friend. Yes. Yeah, at least somewhere in the middle. Yeah, um, this jumps ahead six months, I believe. Is it is six months. Yeah, so it's uh, and I I do understand why they they did because the, even with that criticism of the first film, I still gave it a legend, and I do understand it completely why they did it because they wanted to keep it in canon of everything that they have. This one I went into not as not expecting a direct adaptation of Reign of Superman because I knew of what Death of Superman was. So I treated this more as a sequel to Death of Superman rather yes. than a direct adaptation. And that's... That's the way you have to do it. Otherwise, right. you're going to be severely... If you view them all as one story, I would say they, they succeed greatly. Yes, exactly. Um, and I wonder... We, we do get a tease for a third movie by the end of this. Yes. And it's... And it's actually... It's, it's, it's another adaptation of something that just happened in the comics about a year ago, two and years And I'm ago? wondering now if this is going to be the continued plan with the animated films is that they're going to continue to tease and they're just going to continue this as a relative they continued are. story. They, they kind of are. I mean, we do see a big transition of Superman in this animated universe um, from where he started Justice League War to where he is at the end of this. Mm -hmm. We see a more traditional Superman in this. Like, we've always seen kind of the high-collar 
uh, we saw a very green Superman in the beginning of Justice League War. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was building up all these little pieces, and by the end of this, we see even like the the you know um, you know crest of uh, the House of uh, House of L even larger on his chest, a redesigned suit. Um, the only thing that was missing was the red trunks, but it's more more the classic looking suit when we see him in space right above Earth uh, in the upper atmosphere. We we see this, and we also kind of see. A it's so su- funny that you bring that scene up too at the very end of the film. Oh, it's such a strange shot. I screenshotted that and I almost made it my Facebook cover. It's really pretty. But I, a, I, I haven't yet. It's a really pretty shot. But yeah. I would say, though, the other piece, though, too, is we also see in that teaser, we see a more aggressive, we're taking the fight to Dark Side Superman at the same time, yeah. too, which I thought was kind of cool as well. So we kind of see seeing two sides of this. We are seeing an evolution of this character in the DC universe. Uh, which is really cool. Well, DC animated universe, be specific here. Mm. Um, so I think they did that great. But I, I got to say, the one thing I loved in this animated feature more than anything else was these really quick vignettes because there's something that they did that just made me smile and like that is fantastic. Okay. There are newspaper shots that they show some of the the sequences of all the new Superman where we see the Eradicator and Steel. And they are animated pieces, but they're the shots on the newspaper covers of actual covers that happened during the reign of Superman. Like, there's a shot of the Eradicator with his hands out, like, shooting down into a field of, like, a battlefield. Yeah. There's the shot we later see, too, of Connor Kent with the S symbol on the brick wall yes. leaning against it. And they are all covers from I didn't those books. T- I didn't pay attention Each to that. Each one of them got one of their covers. We've got to see all of them have one of their original covers oh, from I that ride. I missed that. I didn't, I was kind and of when I saw that, and I'm like, that is a beautiful touch, and I'm sure so many people missed. Because so many people read that in trade. I did. Um, I, ha- I still, I think somewhere in a box somewhere... Now, I, I have the collected volume of the whole story, but I also bought those in trade when I, they came out. I have each of the issues still in my long boxes, buried in a closet in the other room of all of those covers. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool for me and the fact that they did that and they were... They They're re- some of the few comics I still have from that from when yeah. I was that age. So it was really cool to see them play homage to some of those comic book artists that did those covers by actually doing... Those covers yeah. in this, and they looked—they looked so great, and it made me smile so much. Yeah, but going into this, thinking of it more as a sequel to Death of Superman rather than an adaptation, there were a couple things that I did want from this film uh, before I went into it. Obviously, uh, my favorite of the four Superman that uh, came out in the rain was was uh, uh, John Henry Irons, which was Steel. So I wanted a good uh, adaptation of him, and I wanted by the end of this to see the black suited, mulleted Superman, which we did get. I think I think both of those two things on your checklist, you got good versions. Yes, of both I did. Of them. We did, and so I was I was pleased with the film. Um, so I'm kind of wondering why I only gave it a seven. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should bump it up to, to an eight. But it's it's. I think it's I think it's a good eight. I think going beyond that is a bit of a stretch, but I think it's a good strong eight. And what I really liked about it too was that even though this is a more serious story, there were still definitely. Uh, moments of levity that came from it. One of the ones that we were talking about, and we kind of touched base on it a little bit, is that teaser into the next film, which you and I had a little discussion when we were prepping of something we would love to come out of it, and that we're both big fans of Nathan Fillion providing the voice of Hal Jordan. So by the end of it, uh, you know, we get the teaser of everybody on Watchtower and Lex coming in, looking in the green crossed suit, which mm-hmm. we usually see him in when he was assisting the Justice League, and you know, Lex coming in and it's just the team staring at Lex blankly, not knowing what to do. And the only person who says something is Hal Jordan. And it's, 
who left the front door open, and that's where it, that's where it ends the film. To see a Hal Jordan Green Lantern animated film with Nathan Fillion, I think would be fantastic. Oh yeah, and honestly, I feel like I just need to go back and watch Justice League War because he just quips and quips and yeah. quips through that whole thing, especially when it's him and Batman fighting. And well, it's just fan. And we got another moment of that too with the quips is that when we first see in the scene with Superboy being uh, assigned to protect the president and, you know, him being kind of cocky about it and how Jordan creating the bazooka, pointing it at him, he's like, I could take the shot. And Batman just like, I say you take it. It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's so clever. And yeah. even how Jordan bringing out moments of levity in Batman is just yeah. so, it's a lot of fun. So a little bit of different stuff there, too. Let's go into the Hank Henshaw of it all. Um, so obviously they still, like we saw in Death of Superman, they played the astronaut angle, which mm-hmm. was great. Uh, we did find out in this, though, too, um, that he's kind of going a little insane. And it's because Darkseid is in his head, and Darkseid and Apocalypse Tech is what kind of created him. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, some ties to the classic uh, story stuff, but very, very modern. They're on adaptations of it as well. Yes. But like I said, I love the fact that, you know, Darkseid's a larger part of this. You know, originally, one of the things we saw a lot was Mongol. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, and, um, you know, War World stuff. But. This was really cool to see them bring the apocalypse angle in. Like, so we saw parademons in this. We we saw apocalypse getting ready to try to invade again, which was kind of their whole plan with using the cyborg tech and people mm-hmm. to kind of rewrite them and make them stuff, which is kind of messed up if you think about it. The yeah. way that that whole thing played out. Well, I mean, the way it played out was that everybody who became one of the cyborg people was was not, was dead, and there was a the, lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> they just fell. Fell apart. Yeah, which, you know, was kind of a sad moment when we see the first person who ever became one of the cyborg people and the girlfriend that he left behind was, we got to get that sad moment at the end when she goes to his body and, you know, he's lifeless. He's, he's gone. Um, I will say my favorite standout scene in this was a really small sequence. It's at the Ace, uh, Ace of Clubs. Um, or is it the Ace of Spades? I think, I can't remember. It's Bibbo's Bar. Um, yeah. But when we see Wonder Woman and Lois Lane sitting yes. down and, and talking about their dealing with, you know, the fact that Wonder Woman realizes that Lois was in love with Clark. And then Lois realizing that Wonder Woman and Clark used to date. Yeah. Uh, and watching that. I'm, I'm glad he told you about the past. Yeah. Well, apparently he didn't tell me everything. Yeah. And that was a really fun scene. I really want to see more of the two of them. Because uh, Rebecca Romaine did a great job as Lois Lane. I really love Rosario Dawson. Yeah, Twitter I think Lord. she does a fantastic Wonder Woman. They, they, they play off of each other so wonderfully. And I want to see more of them. And I love when Clark comes back and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's kind of. Friday? It's like, you guys are hanging out. Yeah. But I love even, too, we see the sequence of them leaving the bar eating ice cream. Yeah. Uh, which was great. I, I think, And we get the classic Wonder Woman spin yeah. out of that scene as well. We did. Which was, was, really which cool. was a lot of fun. Really, really cool. But they, did, they, they, they do the small moments in that show really, really well. Yeah. The, um, the one thing I was really surprised about, because it was one of those things that I was watching, and I think what they did really well with, with Hank Henshaw and Cyborg Superman was they made him a very formidable foe for Superman in this. In that, you know, you thought with Death of Superman that Doomsday was a formidable foe, in which he was... And somebody who he couldn't defeat, almost couldn't defeat. They kind of stepped that game up with Hank Henshaw as well. But I, I really liked the clever way that they used the crystal to actually finish it off. Yeah. Putting the Eradicator in the, within the crystal and actually destroying the mind of Hank Henshaw over destroying Cyborg Superman. Which it makes it... Superman. Yeah, which makes it really interesting when 
the cyborg Superman comes back and that Hank Henshaw of him is kind of wiped out and he's just this vicious yeah. evil monster which I can't wait to see yeah now give me uh, like I said now what I really want to see is down the road give me Superman Doomsday when it's the later where cyborg Superman and Doomsday come back uh, which is really cool yeah. but I doubt they're going to do that but like I said, I know we've got Batman Hush is, I think, one of the next things coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I'm that's going to be a two-parter as well. I'm so. excited for that. that is that going to be a DC Universe film as well, or is it going to be just a regular Warner um, Brothers animated? I don't know. They haven't specified how they're doing that one yet. I okay. don't know if it's going to be part of that universe or if it's going to be a standalone. I wouldn't be surprised if they blend it into the DC Universe stuff. Okay. Most likely they will. Uh, because they've been doing that more and more and finding ways to tie certain things. I finally actually just watched Batman Bad Blood a couple weeks ago, too, which was fantastic. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this was a lot of fun. I think I th- they did a great job. I think it was a lot of fun, too. I know I threw an idea at you uh, before we started this podcast about a potential summer episode that we might do at some point. I don't know if it'll be summer, uh, but you, you really like the idea. And I think at some point in the future... We're going to, you and I are going to take a couple weeks, go back and rewatch all of these DC animated, going all the way back to like Mask of the Phantasm and, and, and things like that. Well, that's going to be something I'll do over many months because there's like 36 movies. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. But But I've seen all of them. There's still a number I haven't. Yeah. So, uh, and we're going to put together our own kind of like top five list of our favorite animated. And we're not going to tell each other which ones we're putting on that list. Until we actually record it. And if it's something that's really fun, we're going to do that too with things like Batman Beyond yeah. and, you know, Batman the Animated Series, things like that. Because I've, I, I've been on a big cartoons kick I lately. <laughs> and I've been watching Ren and Stimpy and, you know, Batman Animated Series and Superman Animated Series. I've been on a huge animated kick lately. Cool. And it's just, I, I love it. So do we want to move over to the news? Because we got a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for Reign of Superman. So we obviously, we want to hear what you guys think as yeah, well. Yeah, high recommendation. I think it comes out in a week. I think the 29th. Well, it's out on video on demand now. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's on VOD. But, uh, but it's going to be coming out on, on Blu-ray. Right. I think within the but, next week or two. But high recommendation from us. Uh, yeah. If you really like Death of Superman. Um, it's this the is a fun follow-up. This is a great follow-up. Yeah. It's a really great follow-up. And again, those teasers and those stingers for what's to come are always really exciting. Yes. Still waiting for that Batgirl uh, appearance that we saw from Bad Blood. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, too. So still quite a bit that they have to pay off. I'm so sure. They, it's they, f- they, haven't, they haven't failed yet with, no. the, with the anime. No. Well, Batman Ninja was a little... No, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but other than I that... I can tell you this. That will not appear on my top five. No, it will not mine either. That probably wouldn't appear in my like top 15 or 20. Uh, that if the Least favorite, that would probably be number one. So, probably. So. Yeah, but let's move on to, right. to the news of the week. Okay. The news of the past couple weeks. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to look at the last two weeks. Okay. Um, I, you know, I know it goes back to, it should be about three weeks, but I don't feel like looking for that much news. Um, <laughs> That's all right. fine. So we'll just blend this all together. Uh, so one of the big first things, we're going to start off in Supergirl. Uh, we did see our first shots of Nicole Maines dressed as her dreamer uh, character. The suit looks fantastic, very much in line with uh, the DEO kind of look, but it's kind of got a white and blue. Um, kind of color scheme to it. Uh, she's actually rocking the domino mask as well. So really looking forward to seeing uh, her don that suit, which uh, which is probably going to be in a couple weeks. I saw a couple comparisons to uh, to Nora's XS costume a little bit. A little bit of that and a little bit of Mix of Saturn Girl. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a nice blend. So um, we can see, aside from that, though, too, we got some new casting for another member of the Elite. So we've been seeing Manchester Black's team kind of forming... In casting over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've now got the hat is going to be joining, and that's going to be Ozawa. Um, I, sorry, like I think it's Louise Ozawa Chingshen is the actor that's going to be playing. I'll take the your hat. word for it. 
So and I'm sorry if I killed that. So, <laughs> and um, it sounds like we're gonna see him in episode 13, which is called "What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way," which is actually, I believe, an old Superman story. Um, it that, sounds familiar. So I can't recall off that, but uh, uh, we do know um, that Luis is from Kidding and Man in the High Castle. So, like I said, we'll be seeing him uh, in a couple weeks. So. Definitely look forward to that. Um, a little bit of news that just broke last night. We found out a little bit more. Originally, Jeremy Jordan was going to be uh, coming back into season four to reprise his role as Wynn. Sounds like his run in Broadway got extended. And while he does have some time later in the season, they felt that they didn't have enough time to explore the storyline that he wanted to work for Wynn. So they did say Jeremy Jordan's already been um, set up for season five. Uh, they've already discussed with him, and they're going to continue Wynn's story coming back from Legion time in season five. Yeah. So and we'll I, and I think then. it makes sense to, to bring him back when you can do a more full, full size story rather than just fitting him in here and there because of a limited schedule. Yes. Uh, we did find out a little bit more. The producers talked a little bit about uh, John Cryer's upcoming appearance as Lex Luthor. We did find that his, uh, that, you know, Lenny Luthor was a character that was quite different from the, <laughs> the version of Lex that Cryer brought to, uh, the past, but he said, uh, but he's just a phenomenal actor and he's got that twinkle in his eye. Uh, he's masterful, he's got humor, and he's absolutely just gonna kill it. They did say, uh, the big thing here is with this being Superman's big nemesis, how that's gonna impact Kara. And they said, uh, you know, I think she feels that's the big challenge. Uh, with Lex around, it's her cousin's big foil, and I think she feels the responsibility to bring a character like that to justice it probably in a bigger way than she would have if Clark were around. So she doesn't want to mess this up. So it sounds like it's going to become a large foil for Kara and making sure she kind of does her cousin proud. Well, especially because so. of the fact that we do know from the crossover that uh, Superman is back off-world again. Yes, we do. So so, so she's kind of feeling responsible for yeah. making sure that Lex is kind of put in check. I can't wait to see his take on I Lex. Can't. I really yeah, I can't. can't wait. So, um, so we talked a little bit about, I teased earlier about The Flash. So a classic Green Lantern villain, Goldface, is actually going to be I'm not familiar. Making- is going to be making an appearance. Goldface actually even appeared, if memory serves correctly, in uh, the old Legion of Doom uh, Challenge of the Super Friends. Uh, okay. And he actually was in Justice League Unlimited as well in that version of the Legion of Doom. Goldface made a couple of appearances there as well. So we will see that. But again, traditionally a big classic uh, nemesis for Green Lantern. But like I said, we do know he is going to be making an appearance uh, in a couple weeks from now um, up on The Flash. Let me see if I have an episode number four. I want to see a live action version of King Tut show up on Batwoman. <laughs> it could happen. It could. We might even see an egghead. Well, who knows? <laughs> egghead. Uh, as we mentioned before, too, the main reason, again, Barry that was locked away in the pipeline was because he was busy filming uh, the crossover at the time when that episode of The Flash did um, did air. So, so like I said, we'll, we'll see more of him, obviously, next week because, again, that's when normal filming picked back up. So he'll be a normal part of the show. So seeing Red, really, technically, it should have probably been the episode kind of yeah. In, but they probably also didn't want to leave the show where they did. If they left it here before doing Crisis and all that. So I think they were trying to figure out the best way to do it. Yeah. So, um, they did say uh, the Flash disappearance that will be a major part of Arrow versus Crisis on Infinite Earths. They said a lot of that is going to be coming up. So they said uh, we've certainly been teasing the headline a long time and it's a major factor in next year's crossover. Uh, there will be little tidbits here and there that people uh, be able to start putting together. Um and said, really, Greg Berlanti has got this master plan of things, and I'm really excited about how it's going to pay off. So they are saying that Infinite Earths is going to be the crossover next year and not the full season. It sounds like that's okay. the case. So they haven't officially come out and said it, but it sounds like that 
the way that that's worded. That, but but you know what though, I think they'll still tease it earlier before the crossover. I think I think, and then the crossover might. will be the main will be the main the culmination of everything going on. Right. So, and the question is, does that disappearance still happen? Because that newspaper hasn't changed yet. So True. we'll see if maybe that comes into play. Yep. But granted, we haven't seen that newspaper since after the crossover. Happened. That is also true. So maybe that has changed. Um, so big wait and see. Uh, a favorite character of ours uh, and favorite actor of ours, Jesse L. Martin, Papa Joe, <laughs> is going to be returning to The Flash after his medical leave wraps up. So he'll be back in episode 15. We will see Joe West make his return. I'm really happy to hear that he's returning into the mix. Uh, we know he uh, had a severe, um, you know, I think a injury in his back, yeah. uh, which made it so he was only leaning against walls and sitting on couches in the few appearances we saw this season. And a couple of people were keen on that, too. Like, I had um, one of my friends said, I wonder if there's anything going on with Jesse L. Martin because we only ever see him sitting down. Yeah. And we were, I wasn't aware of anything. And then I think within a matter of a couple of days of him saying that to me, the they made article popped up. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll be seeing him return uh, on uh, episode 15. So, um, we did talk a little bit about, um, some changes in the lineup a little while back with Legends of Tomorrow not returning until April 1st. Um, but we have found out officially Arrow is also going to be shifting its time slot a little bit. So they are going to be, um, pushing Arrow back to 9 p.m. after Legends of Tomorrow returns. So this will be after Black Lightning wraps. The following week, Arrow is going to be moving back to 9 o'clock on Mondays instead of 8 o'clock. And Legends of Tomorrow is going to appear before Arrow. So there are going to be shows together. So it's going to be Legends of Tomorrow and then Arrow. Um, I think CW needs to find time slots for these shows and stick with them. They do, but I also think they're probably bumping Legends there to try to get a larger following in. I still think they probably, what they should have done is... Not take a break until April? Not only that, <laughs> but I think they should have kept Legends and Flash together. I think that would have yeah, been Yeah, I, I think they move. were both... I, I think Le- Legends was a great follow-up to Flash. It was. So, um, okay, so jumping over a little bit more on Arrow stuff, it did sound like we're going to get a supposed addressing of Felicity's future death in an upcoming episode, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, Beth Schwartz talked a little bit about this, is we're going to uh, earn a lot, uh, earn, no, <laughs> whoever wrote this, it says, no lies, it's we're going to, I earn a lot. So they put a space between their L and the E. Yeah. So they're going to learn a lot about it in the next couple of episodes, but definitely episode 16 is going to be the answer to that mystery and what's going on in the Glades. In episode 10, we actually see the Glades for the first time and we meet Renee uh, in the future, which is exciting. When we get to see uh, as terrible as Star City is, the Glades is a booming city and that's the happiest place of the future. Renee has a lot to do with that. So we're going to see that in episode 10 and then, yeah, the next couple episodes will start answering a lot of these questions. So, uh, so it sounds like the glades are booming. Yeah. Uh, so the rest of Star City is just. I just, I, I'm, I'm looking crap. forward to, to watching and, uh, I earning about the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm actually going to save this one for the last. Uh, so like I said, there is a little bit too about talking about Emiko Queen's role, uh, which is the first time they've even come out and said Emiko. Emiko. Uh, so we're going to be seeing a lot of her, for, uh, a lot from her perspective. We have a really cool fun opening where we learn about her mission, why she's taking up the green arrow suit, and we'll explain that in the episode and who her parents really are. Um, so we're going to be seeing that in an upcoming episode. The intention wasn't to replace Thea or our one sister left to introduce a new one. We were just excited about this character from the comic books and we just felt like it was time to bring her into the fold. Uh, the fact that Queen's secrets are still happening from the grave, I thought was really interesting. And there was really this whole hidden light that Oliver didn't know about. So we'll be seeing that play off very, very soon. Well, I know soon. The, the return episode of, uh, of Arrow this week is titled, My Name is Emiko Queen. Queen. Yes. 
unfortunately, very, very sad, sad news for Arrow. China Wynn is returning as is Cupid. Um, <laughs> Thank you for leading that with a very sad, sad news for Arrow. Uh, and this is actually already a proper title for this episode. Past Sins, the episode airing on January 28th. <laughs> From oh, director God. David Ramsey. So, oh well, okay. There's a plus of the episode. But no, there's not. You, you give <laughs> I Ramsey love, I love that David, episode. I love David Ramsey, but man, oh man, bringing oh. bringing Cupid and China White. It's not his choice to bring them in. That's just the episode they gave him they to are, direct. They're bringing in Deathstroke too, though. So into the All mix, right. into that as well. So, uh, so we're getting Deathstroke Junior. Uh, my and name's Cupid, Cupid, stupid, and China White. <laughs> so. Joy, oh joy. Oh boy. Um, good luck, David. So, all right. Uh, the exciting piece is Arrow's episode 150 sounds absolutely phenomenal. So, I cannot wait for this, but none other than good old Dr. Fraser Crane. Oh, God. Coming into the mix. And I love how I posted this on the page. It's uh, tossed arrows and scrambled eggs. Yes, which um, I thought was fantastic. Because they are going to be doing 150 as a mockumentary episode. Basically, it's a documentary crew following around Oliver Queen talking about his life and what the rise and fall of the vigilantes in Star City that started with the hood. And they're kind of following around camera crews going and talking to all of the known aliases in Star City at the time. Well, I mean, we knew that we knew that Kelsey Grammer was coming into this season. We got the announcement of that in the, over the summer, and we didn't know to what extent. Right. This and is perfect. And he is actually just the one, it sounds like, voicing, doing the voiceover in the yeah. documentary. So he could just be playing Kelsey Grammer, which would or, be pretty Or Fraser Crane. Which would be pretty funny. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll be seeing him come into the mix uh, So in episode 150. So uh, I think that's only... Uh, couple episodes away if memory serves correctly yeah i'm so. looking through the imdb listings and after episode 11, after episode 12 it doesn't give a title yeah. to any of the episodes but i'm curious to see which one it'll be yep um so one of the last things uh, we've got here too in the uh side of tv legends of tomorrow has officially announced the season finale uh episode nine, uh, name and it's called uh where was it crap hey world and that's what it's called um, so we'll see how that plays out, but they said it's kind of a riff on Hello World. Um, it's a program that, uh, that outputs and displays the message, um, over and over and, uh, Chris is an infant nurse. So it has a little maybe of a tie there. So we'll see. All right. Jumping into some side stuff. Let's talk a little bit about Stargirl real quick. So it sounds like Glenn Winters is going to direct the pilot. Um, Glenn Winters obviously had some, uh, work that, they've done on Arrow, so it would be really fantastic to see how that plays out. So uh, we'll be seeing that happen, but something we missed a couple weeks ago, Luke Wilson has been cast as Stripe. We didn't talk about that? No, the way that news came out while we were in break. Well, okay. So, uh, so we will do, definitely see Luke, Luke Wilson make his appearance in Stargirl, which I, is fantastic casting for that. Luke Wilson and Joel McHale. I can't wait that for That cast Star is Girl. getting better and better and better. I, I can't wait for that series. It's going to be a bombastic show just like Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, well, if you're also excited, because one of the last things you heard from us was our wrap-up of Titans. Titans Season 2 starts filming in March. Yes. Um, I cannot wait for the continuation of that show. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy They start filming in March, but we're probably not going to get it until fall. Probably until October, yeah. my guess. Because uh, I think it matches up to when the last show, well, season one started filming, it was about March. Yeah, because we still have Swamp Thing and Harley Quinn to get through before right. anything right. else gets, starts premiering. Right. Uh, and Stargirl, I think. And Stargirl, yeah. So, uh, we did find out uh, Power Rangers star R.J. Seiler, who played the Blue Ranger in the recent Power Rangers movie, was actually surprisingly It was very, a decent movie. Surprisingly very good. Yeah. Did not anticipate it, but is actually joining the cast in Swamp Thing. 
So we'll be. Seeing oh, he leaves Swamp Thing to get through too before yeah. Titans comes back. So we'll be seeing him make an appearance in Swamp Thing. Um, it sounds like he won't be a series regular at first. We don't know too too much yet. I don't think his character title has been announced yet. So uh, we'll keep an eye out and wait for that news to uh, make its uh, make its appearance. Um, we also found out, uh, moving into the movie side of things, we've got a couple things going on. Uh, Smallville actor is rumored to play a small role in Shazam, and that sounds like that actor is John Glover. Yes, so, Lex uh, Luthor. Yeah, so we will, uh, well, not... No, John, oh, John Glover was Lionel Luthor. Lionel Sorry, Luther. yes. I was going to say Lionel Luthor. Uh, he was so, a great Lionel Luthor in yeah. that series, too. So, uh, his character sounds like it's still under wraps, but like I said, John Glover will be making That article on comicbook.com is very misleading because it shows Tom Welling in the image. They always do weird things like yeah. that. I don't quite get that. Um, but jumping into some additional stuff here, Birds of Prey has started filming, apparently. Uh, so a lot of people didn't even realize that that was already in front of cameras, but it's the first day of principal photography it began on January 15th. Um, so I'm sure we'll probably see some shots uh, probably leak out very, very soon, given in probably another couple of weeks. We'll probably see, see yeah. some pictures. But uh, we did find out that it sounds like there's a Harley Quinn trilogy in the works, uh, this being kind of the first one. Which, if done right, I think could be good. Yes. So there's big rumblings that Birds of Prey is going to be the first part, and the second part very well could be Gotham City Sirens, uh, which would be a cool way to do it. So if that's mm. a cool way to kind of continue the, the storyline. I like how we're calling it Birds of Prey and not the full... The Emancipation of... Uh, what yeah. Is, what is it? The Independent Emancipation of No, Harley it's Quinn, the or? Birds of Prey and the fan, uh, Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Okay. Is the official title of it. But It's too long. But it's just <laughs> Birds of Prey and... I understand why they're doing it, yeah. Then again, In parentheses. parentheses. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but like I said... Kind of like Birdman. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll be seeing that probably come out. Uh, a little bit more news about that soon. So, whatever characters we don't see here, I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe Catwoman and Ivy join the fray in the next film. Maybe that rumor of Barbara Gordon coming into the mix in the next one as well probably have happened. So, that might make a little bit more sense. We did find out this week, too, that they are trying to pull away completely from um, not just a, that from night, a shared universe. No, yeah, they said that they want to do very director-focused. So if yeah. the director wants to do a tie-in, they absolutely can, and they're going to leave that room open if they want to do so. And they're making sure that continuity is there. But they did say it's not about this. Has to be forced shared universe I mean, if they want to break away and do their own thing. And we talked about that. That I think that's the smartest bet for DC, is to do their own thing and not try and emulate Marvel. Yeah, and I, I think, like I said, them pulling away, and you saw a big change over, I think, in Aquaman, yeah. where I think it worked well. There was a quick nod, but it it was very, something you could enjoy very much on your own. Yes. Um, so we did find a little bit more out about the uh, fantastically sounding New Gods movie that is going to be coming out. Which I thought initially was animated, no, but you no, corrected live, me on that. Live yeah. action film, live action film. This is Ava DuVernay's adaptation of uh, the New Gods saga. So they did say officially the main focus of this is going to be the characters I wanted them to focus on, which is Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, which is awesome because they have such a phenomenal relationship and you know, Scott Freeman is such a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't wait to see them play it, but that is indeed going to be our leads as they deal with Dark Side and Apocalypse. So uh, we're going to be seeing some classic Jack Kirby universe coming out soon. So that's awesome. So we'll find out a little bit more about this as things kind of step up. Obviously, we've seen Parademons, Mother Boxes, and things like mm-hmm. you know um, Steppenwolf, uh, who is one of the new gods. So into the mix. So like I said, we'll be seeing this playoff very soon. Mm-hmm. So so we'll uh, wait and see. But 
Like I said, uh, now jumping into a little bit of Wonder Woman stuff, uh, we did find out officially on how Steve Trevor returns. I didn't read it because I don't want to be spoiled. So I'm going to say if you want to find that out, um, <laughs> you can look that up on comicbook.com. I'm not going to talk about it here because I think it's a major plot point spoiler. That's kind of why, why I didn't read it. does yeah. know that Steve Trevor returns because it's been all over there, yeah. everywhere. But uh, kind of interesting on how that's going to play off. So I will say from reading it, you moved the story to last, and I'm kind of thinking I know which one it is. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. I always do it in chunks for reasons. So, uh, the Batman, we were finding out that the Penguin, it sounds like, is going to be potentially one of the villains. Sounds like Josh Gad is teasing that role once again. He's, he's trying for it, man, and I think it's a good choice. Um, and then it just it was a shot of him on Twitter to say goodnight, and it was a shot of Bertrand Meredith, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but again, I would love to see Josh Gad in that role. I think Me he, too. He, he's fantastic. I'd love, I'd love to see him get a chance to stretch that dramatic chop a little bit more because once he, when he does, he does a great job. Yep. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going to go. So, okay. Um, but the last story, um, like I said, I always kind of break this up doing TV and streaming movies. Well, the video game stuff is back into the mix yet again. Uh, that initial rumble that we saw, I think it was right before uh, the beginning of December, we saw somebody from WV Montreal Studios, I believe, showing a back of a t-shirt with, looked like the Court of Val symbol, and then it was all these redacted lines, while well, a whole bunch of, uh, apparently, artwork, artwork came yeah. out of Batman Court of Val's uh, video game again. So, again, most likely we're going to see an unveiling of this sooner than later. My guess, um, we'll probably see this maybe as a fall game for this year, most likely. If not, probably early 2020. Well, when's the big, next big event that they could use to announce this game? Probably E3. That's what I was thinking, too. Most of the big shows. But like I said, we did see something different because Warner Brothers did something very different this past week with uh, the Mortal Kombat 11 reveal where they did their own thing. So they actually did a full day streaming thing. So, so they could just do their own thing with this, too? Yeah. Now um, the, we probably need to wrap up, though, because we're two minutes away from somebody probably walking in this door. But that was the end of the news. Well, there was one story that you didn't bring up that I thought you that was the reason why you were saving it for last. And it was because it's another, comp, it's another duo we might be seeing on screen together that... Uh, the Booster Gold possibly the, appearing in... In the Blue, Blue Beetle film, yeah. Right. The Blue Beetle film sounds like it's in the works, it's, but it sounds very loose if it's going to happen yet right now. So yeah. but if it does, that'd be very cool to see. But it's, I don't think it's going to be the Ted Corp Blue Beetle, though. That's the only downside. Yeah, and that's why I'm kind of like, meh. Okay. So, it's uh, not blue and gold. That's true. All right, cool. Recommendations, uh, and then we'll do some cheap plugs and we'll get out of here. I, I mentioned it earlier this week. If you have an opportunity, if you can find it still in theaters... Uh, I know there are copies floating around out there in the ether online. Uh, whether or not it's entirely legal, that's up to you. Uh, but if you get an opportunity to go to theaters, I, I think I don't know if I did it as a recommendation before, but I've seen the movie twice already, and I absolutely adore it. If you get a chance, go see Bumblebee. It's it's so good. If you're old school Transformers Gen One G1, fan, man, I will say this from the 45 minutes I watched so far. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's really, really good. Um, and I did not anticipate it because this was the way I wanted to feel when I saw the very first Transformers. This is what Transformers should have been from the beginning. Uh, and it very much doesn't feel like it's got a Michael Bay footprint on it anywhere. No. It, again, that's um, what it should have been. And I hope there was recent rumors that if this film did well, they were going to use it to reboot the entire series. And I think they're going to. And I, if, if it's like this film, it's going to be worth it. Um, yeah. yeah, from what I've seen. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying and can't wait to finish it up. But really awesome. Really, really thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't, um, start checking out Young Justice because uh, probably in about six weeks, give or take, when we go into spring break, 
Yeah. We'll start talking about that. So now is the time to start watching. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that I think that that's it. Man. Cool. Uh, so as always, you can check us out online, uh, this podcast, as well as all other podcasts on the next level podcast network, next level radio online.com is where you can find them all. Facebook.com slash next level radio online, uh, Facebook.com slash DC primetime is where you can find us. And we recommend, you know, giving them, giving us a message, letting especially, us know what you think about everything. Especially when you see that Jersey, don't yes. forget to message us. That's really, really important. Cause we want to know what you guys think. And we definitely want to know if you're interested in getting them. Because well. again, design's not final. And if people are like, Hey, shouldn't this be there? And something we didn't see, we have time to make that adjustment now. Yes, so. exactly. Uh, and of course, don't forget to follow us on social media outside of Facebook with Instagram and Twitter at DC Primers. Uh, as for me, you can always find me at, at the Next Level Radio. Oh, oh my God, my brain. <laughs> Normally I can rattle that I'm going to be crazy. changing that website very soon. It's way too long. You can always find me at nextlevelradioonline.com through the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. Our next episode, which is going to be recording on the 28th of January, is going to be Toxicity in Fandoms. And then the February episode is going to be uh, Cartoons of the 80s and 90s. I can't wait for that. So that's um, the one I pitched for this week, and I didn't get it. But so, that's right. so like I said, coming so like I said, coming soon. Really looking forward to it, and a big special thanks to our good friends over at uh, well, it's not wrong one over at <laughs> wrong group. Um, uh, it's uh, this good friend uh, George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. You can check out his music uh, and all of his projects he's working on over at his website and his SoundCloud. Sure. Uh, so next week we will be talking about all of the shows coming back, with the exception of Legends of Tomorrow, which isn't back until April. Uh, the next episode of The Flash, as well as the returns of Arrow and Supergirl. But until that time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.